Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host, Katie Braden, and this is episode 28. So this episode is all about life as an overachiever. And I know that might sound like a really maybe like big headed thing to say or like a really cringy thing to say. But I have been a self-professed overachiever my whole life and this is how it relates back to the podcast. So I think being freelance and running your own business, it's not for everybody and a lot of people try it and really quickly figure out that it's actually not for them or it is for them but they need to really revamp like how they think about work how they think about their work setting their approach and it can be quite challenging it doesn't come naturally to everybody so this is how it kind of relates to how I've been throughout a lot of my life as an overachiever and how that really benefited me in my first few years of business um, but recently has become a massive negative. So I know that all sounds a bit like no information, no details, very cryptic um, but that's just to preface what I'm going to delve into this episode and it's going to be very much just sharing my thoughts and also um, sharing some insights from other people in creative industries that I think is really interesting and discussing it because I don't have like a a conclusion on this or like a one-size-fits-all answer in terms of working, how much you should work, how you should balance life, how that fits into being someone who doesn't want to work very much or if you're an overachiever, um, etc, etc. So going back to school, I think school is something that forms early on um, how we approach things later in life for example like if you class yourself as an academic if you find learning easy if you find exams easy if you're really good at remembering things you're probably going to have a really positive school experience Um, and school for me was where I realized my love of writing um, my love of learning my love of reading my love of art Um, I really enjoyed school, always enjoyed school and I was very um, driven when it came to school and I think that comes hand in hand with I enjoyed it and it was something I was good at, therefore, you know, positive repercussions. Um, Obviously, I know that this isn't the case uh, for everyone. For example, and I'm sure he won't mind me discussing this, um, my boyfriend didn't have the best school experience. Um, he's dyslexic and he learns in a very different way to this, the, the structured school system. So he's a very visual learner um, and obviously having to read, write, remember things uh, didn't really work for him. So therefore, like he's probably one of the most intelligent people I know. Like he's super smart and he really understands how he learns best and really uses that to his advantage um but that's not something that was on his side throughout school so therefore school for him has quite a negative experience um I would say that even though we had opposite school experiences we're definitely both I would say overachievers in different ways um and I always like to kind of 
bring my situation in close proximity to other people that are different than me so I can compare and contrast and get a bit of perspective um so yeah that's where it kind of started for me I was very much an overachiever partner that with um if you've listened to previous episodes of mine before I was a dancer from the age of two so I was in ballet from two um and I was very religious about it. Um, my parents were never like, what would you describe as like dance parents? Like they were never pushy, but they were strict. Like um, my dad's really into martial arts and therefore discipline when it comes to your practice. And I suppose dance for me was my practice, even at such a young age. Um, so I was always, and I bring this up a lot as kind of like a joke, but actually I think it was really amazing parenting so obviously when you're a kid and you're at school you're getting like constant social invites like kids always have a more crazy social calendar than adults I feel and I would get invited to birthday parties you know left right and center with all the kids in my class and my mum would say okay well that birthday party that week um is the same night as ballet um so you either go to the birthday party and you don't go to ballet anymore or you go to ballet and I know to most that sounds like really really strict but it really teach taught me from a young age that you can't just drop your commitments um, if it's important to you um, for parties and you know being social on a whim uh, you know you can't pick it up and drop it you have to stick to it so therefore (laughs) this fueled my overachiever nature even more because I really stuck to dance and as most of you know I took it basically as far as I could go um to a professional level um you know I went through all of the college like dance school all that jazz right till what I considered the bitter end um and yeah I think that goes to show like the overachieverness in me um without getting too deep into it because it's a whole topic in itself but being in the dance world and having like dancer discipline I know anybody who has delved into the dance world in like any way shape or form whether it was for fun or whether it was seriously um you'll understand what I mean when there's like that dancer like pressure and discipline um so that also really feels my overachieving nature so when I came to starting the business and going freelance um you know from PR agencies that I'm going to keep this quite general because it's not like super specific to PR it's more being a freelancer in general um I I really took to it um I had a lot of like natural discipline and drive and I was able to yeah adapt really really easily straight off the bat um the business has been going for seven years now um in April it'll be seven years which is actually crazy I say that every single time um I reflect on that because it just seems like it seems like forever but not so long at the same time so that meant that year on year on year I was experiencing business growth um and thankfully I've been lucky enough not to experience any sort of dip in work I've been constantly busy um even throughout the pandemic I think I was actually at my busiest which is wild um because a lot of companies and businesses 
um, people in their work life experienced the opposite. Um, so whilst that was a massive blessing, there was no break in that busy period. We're talking for like six, six and a half years. Um, so recently, and um, this is what has sparked this idea to come and chat about this on the podcast. I had a bit of a quiet period and I think it was due to a mix of things. I mean, the country is in what can only be described as a shit state at the moment. Um, Businesses are really struggling, like, across the board. I really don't think there are any industries that are particularly thriving right now in the UK. Um, I mean, that's not being defeatist. It's just factual. Um, Of course, there are ways that you can boost your business and grow your business, etc., but everybody is kind of feeling the pinch and even the corporate companies or the companies who have traditionally had a lot of money are you know really eyeing up their budget and trying to keep costs down so when you sit in a field like mine marketing PR social media as a freelancer that is what tends to be squeezed or cut first hence why through the pandemic a lot of my peers um, we're losing clients because when businesses panic, the, they cut loose threads. And even though PR and marketing is such a fundamental part of business growth, um, we are the dangly threads that tend to be cut first. Um, also, it's much easier to cut a freelancer than it is someone sitting next to you in the office. So totally understandable. Um, but when it comes to new business, I found myself for about six months straight this year taking constant new business calls because obviously when businesses are in a pinch the first thing they think of is oh we need to bring in PR to grow the business we need to up our marketing we need to up our social media presence so you know they talk to somebody like me then they have the realization of how these things how much these things are going to cost and they think oh god that's a huge investment which it is and it should be you know something that is revolutionary to your business is not going to come cheap especially when you're working with someone experienced and good and that's not be me being big-headed that's me knowing my worth um but yeah it, it, they, they start having these conversations and soon the realization kicks in of oh this is quite a big investment and it's not something we can quote-unquote just do you know shove it in really quickly without any work um you know they see it as a quick fix and something that maybe will bring them a load of sales um but in reality it can be hugely beneficial but it's not how it works it's not a plaster over a wound you know it's more a seed to be planted if those metaphors make any sense to you Um, So yeah, I was having new business call after new business call and I was spending hours on these proposals just to be like either told no, um, actually I lie, no one told me no, like not one company told me no, I was consistently ghosted, which is obviously a no, but in the most rude way possible. Um, I even had one company who is a really big company um come to me for a proposal um for something really specific so I had to do like a really personalized um really long actually proposal deck for them that they wanted to present um they then ghosted me and I found out that the person who then got the position that they were looking to fill with me um they filled it in-house so they basically just took my ideas and 
just filled the position in-house and I know for a fact that it was nothing to do with money because this company when I say it's massive it's massive um so yeah (laughs) I was having that experience which really does come with the territory and it's absolutely fine and usually I take it on the chin um but then I started to lose a few clients um for what I, I I mean I don't think it was any fault of my own I would be quite happy to analyze it and lay it out as a case study if it was a fault of my own but it was more that they didn't really have the activity going on to warrant it or they were focusing on other things or they needed to squeeze budget you know the the country's hit a recession and a lot of these founders are fighting to keep their businesses going never mind paying my retainer every month so it's completely understandable again but in the midst of all these things, usually my door closing to door opening business opportunities have been quite balanced. So where I've lost clients, I've always gained. Um, and I've stayed at a pretty consistent level um, throughout my whole yeah seven years as a freelancer. So this was the only time that I seemed to be losing without any gains coming up on the horizon. And that's when I started to panic. Um, and I actually slumped into a weird little bout of um, depression, I think. Um, I have discussed it on the podcast before, but I have had diagnosed um, circumstantial depression, which was related to my work um, years ago when I first went freelance. So I kind of know how it feels um, and I know the signs to look out for. And usually I'm really, really good at managing it. But there was just something about this time. It was kind of as we were going into winter as well. So I think there was a bit of seasonal, you know, SAD going on there as well, because I was really struggling with the, the nights drawing in darker and yeah it was just a whole melting pot of this is not good um so yeah I was really really struggling I was completely unmotivated the work that I did have to do whilst it was getting done it felt like an uphill struggle and I know that being honest about that um other people will be able to relate because there are some days where you bounce out of bed and you're full of ideas and you feel so creative and you feel like you could take on you know every task and then there are days where it does feel like you're just getting that to-do list done and it is an uphill struggle but I felt like that for about two to three months um I also was starting to isolate myself so I didn't really want to talk to my friends I didn't really want to talk to my family I was struggling in every way um and one day I kind of sat down with myself and I was like this can't go on um because I'm a big believer in energy and if I'm harboring this energy and carrying this energy those new opportunities that I'm desperately seeking are not going to come um organically like they have before because I'm not in the headspace where I'm willing and open to receive them so I have to make a change um and that's when it it wasn't really like a specific moment, but my dad, who also runs his own business, um, was also going through a slow lull at the same time as I was. But whilst I was kind of having this dark time, really struggling, he was off doing motorbike rallies and like all of this fun stuff, like going out on a night out with his friends, which he very rarely does, you know, going to exhibitions that he wanted to go to. And 
I was just kind of reflecting on our situations because they were very similar. Um, My dad works in the shop fitting industry. um, So they go through regular lulls, like highs and lows every year. Um, Anyone who works in construction will know, you know, like the run up to Christmas is particularly quiet. The new year is quiet and then it really picks up again. Um, So whereas I had been consistently busy, he's basically been used to going through these lulls for years and he's got really, really good at riding it out and his attitude is when he's quiet he sees it as like his time and he knows that the work is coming um but whilst he's having that quiet time he's just going to enjoy himself and enjoy his time and as I was kind of comparing both of our scenarios I was like wow um I'm doing this all wrong (laughs) and I know that sounds really ridiculous because when you look at your mental health you can't I know that they they tell you not to kind of judge yourself and not to say, oh, you're, you're, doing, you're doing it wrong. How dare you have depression, you know, in a sarcastic manner. But I did have that realis- realization where I was like, I need to look at this differently and I need to find a different way because I'm quiet right now and I'm going to be quiet until the new year because by this point we were getting into like end of November, early December. And whilst I had some new business leads, it was very much like nothing was going to pull through until the new year. So I was just like, that, that, you know, this isn't going to happen. Um, not that it needed to, but you know, I like to always have that like safety blanket where you know that that work is coming. But I was just like, you know what, you need to flip the focus. Um, So that's, you know, what I started doing slowly but surely. I started taking a bit of extra time at the gym. After the gym, I was driving and I was going, you know, to get my favorite coffee or my favorite matcha. I was getting up a little bit later in the morning, Um, you know, doing all these things that sounds so simple but really felt like a treat and it's not something I would really have time to do in my normal working week because I would be far too busy um so you know like on a Friday afternoon like going out and seeing something or popping out to the shops for an hour you know really taking time to enjoy the time that I had and knowing that busier times were coming but I was okay to enjoy where I was in a quieter period right now. And I know explaining that in hindsight seems like the most obvious thing in the world. But I think as a freelancer, sometimes you get so clouded in your own thoughts that it's kind of difficult to see the perspective. Um, And that's where I kind of realized that as an overachiever, I've been going and going and going and going. And I've never learned in my whole seven years what to do when I'm not going and going. Um, And it also took me back to um, a tarot reading that I had over the, the pandemic, which I've spoken about before on the podcast. And it was something that she said to me and it's something that really stuck with me which was you need to figure out who you are and what you enjoy outside of your work you are not a PR you're a human being who does PR and I think anybody who owns their own business runs their own business um, you know whatever it is will relate to that statement because you do get so caught up in you are what you do so when what you do isn't thriving or it's going through a period of quietness you can get lost and I think living life as an overachiever 
that really plunged me into a sense of being lost. Um, But it was a huge learning lesson for me and something that I felt maybe it would be um, interesting to share. Um, So as I was kind of going through this time, I was paying a lot of attention to what other people in sort of creative industries were saying about kind of like work and life because it does come down to work-life balance at the end of the day even though that's a very like I find that that's a very like clinical statement like work-life balance like it's some sort of like science equation it's not um it's more of like I like it when people talk about it like a philosophy um so Michelle Lamy um commonly known as Rick Owen's wife and muse but an absolute icon in her own right um I was watching interviews with her a few months back and she was talking about um, work and life and someone asked her, with all of these projects that you have going on, how do you manage your work-life balance? And her response was, work is life and life is work. And I found that super interesting because at the time... I was like, oh, that kind of contradicts everything that I've kind of always thought about work-life balance and, you know, having a prosperous life and being happy and all that jazz. But then as I started to digest that statement and think more into it, I realized that what she meant is it doesn't mean you have to work all the time or live all the time. It just means that when you're living, it's enhancing your work. And I thought that statement was so, it it has so much depth and so much weight to it. Um, And it's something that I really have carried into my own life. And I know anybody who works in any form of creative field, like I work in PR marketing and social media. Some people might think that that's not the most creative field. But for me, that creative, creativity wise, hello, (laughs) I'm not even going to cut that out. I'm going to keep that in. Um, creativity wise, it it really, really speaks to me because all of the things that I was doing in my down period that I just discussed, um, you know, all those little treats that I was enjoying were actually enhancing my work in a way because when I was then coming back to work, I was drawing on things that I wouldn't have been able to draw on before. So like films that I'd watched and enjoyed or like I really enjoy listening to podcasts and interviews like with people who I find interesting, obviously. Um, so, you know, like drawing on things like that and reading books I wouldn't have read. And even though I'm not doing it for work, my enhanced life was really doing well for me when I was coming back to my work. So I wanted to share that one because I thought that was really, really insightful. Um, So fundamentally, when I'm rested and happy, I obviously work at my best. Um, So I was also listening to a lot of interviews with um, the DJ uh, Peggy Goo. um, And she, she said in a lot of interviews that creatives need to do nothing. And this year for her, she's been doing so much that she hasn't been able to be creative. So she, people are asking, you know, like, what's next for you in, in the coming year? And she said that she literally wants to do nothing so that she can produce new work and produce new projects. And to be creative, she has to do nothing. Um, so coming back to 
me and living life as an overachiever a lot of the time um, we see doing nothing as unproductive or as a failure and I think practicing doing nothing is just as important as being productive um, because it really does lead to creativity and the best way to explain that is when you go on holiday for a week or two weeks you come back and you're just filled with ideas it's having that but you know, running it consistently and figuring out how to run it alongside your, you know, your working life and life's demands. So yeah, those were kind of all my thoughts on what I've just experienced at the end of last year, um, how I was feeling about it all, some of the thought processes that I've been through. Um, It was a little bit of a rambly one, but I do hope that there was some sort of insightful parts for you and maybe it was a little thought-provoking, maybe it was boring, (laughs) but you can let me know over on the PR Department Podcast Instagram at the PR Department Podcast. Um, I love to chat to you guys there um, and I will see you in the next one.